There shall be joy before the angels of God upon one sinner doing penance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. One of the intentions in the Anima Christi prayer is blood of Christ inebriate me. In praying thus, we do not ask to be made drunk as with wine taken to excess. No. In the order of nature, the eternal wisdom in ordering all things sweetly was that wine may cheer the heart of man. So, in this petition, we ask for cheerfulness of heart in the order of grace. St. Augustine tells us that if one is inebriated by Christ's blood, his cheerfulness shall be seen in his works, in the holy love of righteousness, and in the estrangement of his mind from things earthly to things heavenly. Do you know what the wine of angels is? Well, I will tell you. St. Bernard says it is the tears of penitence. From the parables of today's gospel, we indeed are meant to understand that the conversion of sinners is a work most pleasing to God and his angels. Yes, all the fruit of the incarnation and of the death of Christ upon the cross is to take away sin, to bring everlasting righteousness, and to extend the kingdom of God. We should then be moved with compunction of heart to hear our Lord's complaint to St. Margaret Mary when pointing to his sacred heart he said, Behold the heart that has loved men so much and receives from them in, in exchange nothing but coldness, indifference, and sin. Here we have a strong motive for reparation to atone for our ingratitude and those of others. A story is told of a certain woman who was a great sinner. One day she was crossing the church which she had entered with the sole intention of shortening her way. About that time, however, a number of people began to crowd in as if to assist at a public service. Moved by curiosity, she took her seat among the rest and soon found herself so surrounded that it was impossible for her to think of withdrawing. Soon after, a venerable priest entered the pulpit and began to preach on the goodness of God to sinners. Among other things, the priest said repeatedly, My brethren, there is mercy for every sin, provided that the sinner repents. My brethren, he said, there is mercy for every sin, provided that the sinner repents. 
These words touched the heart of this woman and became deeply impressed upon her mind. As soon as the sermon was over, she made her way through the crowd and pulled the preacher's sleeve as he was descending the pulpit, saying to him with utter simplicity, Father, is it really true that there is pardon for every sin? Certainly, he replied, God forgives all sins if they only repent. But will he pardon me, said the woman, who for 15 years have been committing the most grievous of crimes? Undoubtedly, he will, replied the priest, if only you detest them and give up committing them. The woman then said to him, If that is the case, Father, please tell me at what hour can you hear my confession? Immediately, said the priest, pointing to his confessional, Kneel down there and I will be with you soon. Accordingly, having returned from the sacristy, he heard her confession, which she made with sentiments of deepest compunction. After the confession, she made known to the priest the extreme danger to which she would be exposed if she were to return to her usual place of abode to pass the night. As, however, it was impossible at that hour to procure another shelter, he allowed her to remain in the church during the night and she gladly appreciated the permission. On the following morning, when the doors were opened, she was found lifeless in the chapel of Our Lady, there prostrate on the ground, which she had watered with her tears. She had bewailed the sins of her life so sincerely that she had expired not so much of excess grief as of love. Like St. Mary Magdalene, she, her many sins were forgiven because she had loved much. She was a true victim of penance and a striking example of the truth that there is mercy for every sin provided the sinner repents. We see that this woman had a true interior contrition that is sorrow for of soul and aversion for past sins with the firm resolution not to sin again. Her contrition was first implicit, then when she was caught at heart, felt really sorry for her sins and made the decision to confess. It became explicit when she actually confessed her sins and then made an act of perfect contrition when asked to do so by her confessor. Her contrition was supernatural. It proceeded with the aid of grace from the supernatural motive, which is the love of God as the greatest good and for his own sake.
her contrition was general to the extent her sorrow extended to all her mortal sins not yet forgiven. Her contrition was supreme. She considered and hated her sins as the greatest evil. Her purpose of amendment, that is, the earnest will not to sin again, was firm. She had the sincere will to amend her life. It was efficacious, that is, she was resolved to use the necessary means to avoid sin and its proximate occasions and to make reparation. This made her refuse returning to her usual abode to pass the night. Her purpose of amendment was universal. It extended to all her mortal sins, to all mortal sins in general. Besides her contrition and firm purpose of amendment, she had complete confidence in God and was totally abandoned to his mercy. Thus, she did not put off sacramental confession when she had the chance. Her tears, her many tears of penitence, gladdened the heart of the angels. One thing is sure, dear faithful, even today, there is mercy for every sin provided the sinner repents. If today, like this woman, we are to be beneficiaries of the treasures of, this, of the heart of Jesus, that ocean of mercy, which is new every morning, we too must have true, interior, explicit, supernatural and general contrition together with an efficacious and universal purpose of amendment and complete confidence in God being totally abandoned to his mercy distrusting ourselves. Our blessed Lord said if your eye causes you to offend pluck it out and cast it from you and if your right hand causes you to offend, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is better for you that one of your members should perish and not that your whole body should be cast into hell. The reason is that we ought to not only to avoid actual sin, but even put away every occasion of sin. Thus, Whatever is an immediate occasion of sin, however near or dear it may be, must be abandoned, though it proves as dear to us or as necessary as a hand or an eye, and this we must do without delay. We must pluck out inordinate loves and friendships if they are the occasion that leads us further into wrongdoing. St. Peter tells us in the episode today, Be you humbled, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in the time of visitation. Be sober and watch, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goeth about seeking whom he may devour. 
humility is the mother and guardian of holiness, removing with immediate effect whatever passes to be a proximate occasion of sin for us is a mark of humbling ourselves before God, not trusting too much in our strength. Doing so means that we are sober and are watchful lest we be devoured by the roaring lion who is out to prey on us at any time and drag us to hell. When tempted, dear faithful, by the world, the flesh, and the devil, with humble confidence and self-abandonment to God's compassionate love, let us find refuge in the wounds of Christ, especially that of his sacred heart. Let us earnestly make our own the words of today's introit. Look down upon me and have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am alone and poor. See my abjection and my labor and forgive me all my sins, O my God. Have you committed a great sin or many great sins? Is your conscience troubled? Do not despair. Remember the wounds of Christ and let it be deeply impressed upon your mind that there is mercy for every sin, provided that the sinner repents, that there shall be joy before the angels of God upon one sinner doing penance. And also remember that the tears of penitence are the wine of the angels. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.